The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and indeed a season's greetings uh, to every single one of you out there. Uh, This is the latest edition of the TWBC Podcast. I am the aforementioned uh, Tony Lightfoot, and uh, this interview that we got coming up is a rather special one. It's one that I've wanted to do for, for quite a while, but for one reason or another, and we'll go into those reasons, uh, the uh, the person who uh, who ended up being in, uh, well, earmarked for the interview was, well, was either unavailable or uh, unfo- unfortunately having to deal with uh, with one or two uh, uh, on water incidents, and that person is Whitney McClintock Greeny. How are you doing? I'm doing much better now, thanks, Tony. Okie dokie. We'll make reference uh, to uh, to that little little spill that you took uh, at the World Championships a little bit later on. So, Whitney McClintock Greeny. Uh, that name uh, McClintock um, so in, so important to uh, to so many so many people especially in Canada uh how important is is that name to you in the in the grand scheme of things well when i got married i didn't get rid of my my last name i made it my middle name so McClintock has always been super important to me obviously i was born into a family of water skiers and um world champion water skiers. I just watched it all happen as I was growing up. So um, the lineage in Canada to be a world champion when your name is McClintock was very important in my family. So um, my dad pushed us really hard uh, when we were young, and then we kind of took the reins when we were teenagers to, um, to train as hard as we could to make the family proud and become world championship, become world champions. And uh, when I was 19, I got to continue that trend and become a world champion. And yeah, that's just what the McClintock name means to my family. It's synonymous to me with world champion water skiers. <laughs> All right, then. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, extremely important and also extremely important uh, to uh, to have an off-season uh, training uh, regimen, which you are in the uh, the throes of right now. I mean, you, you're taking some time out a little bit because the uh, the weather wasn't quite cooperating today but uh, but how in, how important is it is it for you to to continue on uh, beyond beyond november and and into and into the uh, the season coming up well it's interesting cuz the last couple of years i've had a unique situation going into fall and into the off season um 2 years ago i was pregnant um mm-hmm. last year i had a brand new baby and i just physically couldn't I was trying to get my body back. I was trying to sleep. I was like, it was, so I, I did take an off season, uh, an extended off season for the last two years. And now 
this being the third year in a row, I'm taking an extended off season because of my injury in October. Um, it ended up keeping me off the water a lot longer than I anticipated. Um, and so right now I'm just kind of trying to be in the gym as much as I can. And I'm starting to ski a little bit, but the weather's been cold and it's been windy and now it's raining today on a day that I was planning on skiing. So, um, I'm not stressed about it. I had one of the best seasons of my life this past season. Mm -hmm. So I know that whatever I've been doing is working. And, um, when it gets warm, I'm, I'm kind of like a reptile. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm solar powered. So when the sun's out and it's really nice, I'm super ambitious to be out there. And when it's cold, I'm super not ambitious to be out there. So, um, I do find that it's important for me to get back out there just a little bit right now, just to get back on my ski, kind of dust my shoulders off and, um, you know, try and get back in the course a little bit before I completely shut down for the, for the winter. Um, when it actually is going to be extendedly cold. Um, but I have had seasons too, where I train all winter long this season, uh, before the 2009 world championships. I was skiing when it was like 40 degrees out and I don't think anybody else was. (laughs) That was a really cold winter in Florida and just things change though. I mean, at this point, um, with only doing one event, I don't feel like it's quite as crucial for me to be skiing when it's freezing. So, Well, well, I've skied a little bit in the winter myself. In fact, uh, I skied quite a bit uh, in England during the winter where we had to break off the ice. I'm I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that your husband uh, and Matt uh, will probably tell you all uh, all all about those those situations when whenever he was training some of the uh, some of the athletes in England around about that time. But we'll move on from there and let's let's address the world championships uh, specifically uh the 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 spill that you took which is probably one of one of one of the gnarliest slalom spills we've we've ever seen seen taken and the subsequent injury that uh, that was sustained uh, t- yeah. tell us a little bit about that uh, because uh, i mean we i mean we didn't get the full full sp uh, type type deal i mean we we got like the brief cliff notes version but uh how have you how have you dealt with it since then yeah, so I mean, if you want me to walk through the actual crash, please, I'm please sure do. That, yeah, so I was feeling really good coming into the world. I had come off of a couple of wins. I was skiing really, really well. The weekend of um, the Open up in uh, South Carolina uh, was like the most epic women's slalom finals, and I ended up on the top of the podium. And so I was feeling really good coming into the world. Um, right after I ran 39. I was like pumped up and ready to get to three ball (laughs) at 41. And I just, in my head leading up to the world, I knew it was going to take getting to three ball to win. I just, I was like, Jamie's going to get two at her home lake. Like for sure she's going to get two. (laughs) So of course me and my preliminary got to win, got to be top seed against Regina self come around one ball. I knew it wasn't quite a great one ball. So I tried to get my shoulder down. Um, so I could get to two. I was going to get to two if I <laughs> didn't put my shoulder down quite as hard. Um, so I just caused this like huge bungee cord reaction. Like I stretched the rope way too hard, spiked it, and it just pulled me right back. And um, I've, n- I, yeah, I can't say that I've ever experienced what I did. And my 
in my head when I put my shoulder down, I was like, I'm either going to end up on shore or I need to let go. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, ju- just, to, just to clarify, what rope were you skiing on? Were you skiing on the normal or were you skiing on the optimized rope? I was skiing on the gray. The optimized. Um, that was, yeah, that's another thing that we had been switching back and forth because we heard that the rope was not going – we weren't going to have the option of having the optimized rope at the Worlds. So I had been skiing on the black rope. And then I had one set in practice, again, with the gray rope, uh, which is way stretchier, but we like it. The feeling on our bodies is, to me, it feels better, typically, uh, when I train behind it. Um, But I only had two sets on it before the Worlds, and I had not tried 41 on it. And I really do think that when I threw my shoulder down, it was my reaction to the black rope, and then I got the spring reaction from the gray rope. Um, which it's kind of designed to do is to spring mm-hmm. back, but, but it can be loaded way stronger. So with all that being said, I do like, I still prefer skiing on that rope. It was just, uh, not enough practice, um, at that super short rope before the world's anyway, I end up springing the line a little bit too hard, um, and getting that recoil and landed on my face harder than I ever have ended up uh, fracturing my orbital socket. So like my eyeball, the pressure in my eyeball caused the the socket to blow out down into Mm. my cheek. So I thought originally that I actually broke my cheekbone. It wasn't. It was my actual eye socket. It's called a blowout fracture. Wow. If you want to Google it and look at it. But so that's why my eye got super black. It was bleeding. Um... I got disoriented immediately. Uh, when you watch the video, you can see I floundered in the water for about six to ten seconds. And oh, yeah. I think our uh, reaction, I think normally as water skiers, when we are under the water, we look for the light just instinctually with our eyes. And I couldn't find the light. I remember specifically, like, why can't I find the sun? Like, I don't know where it is. And I was, I thought my arm was under the water. So when I actually watched the video back, it's super weird to me because from where I was inside of that situation, I thought my arm was underwater and I thought I was going to be turning myself over, but I wasn't turning over when I was doing that. And I just kept putting my arm outside the water and I'm like, that's so weird that I can't like flip over, but I'm like, okay, well, you're going to die if you can't, like, if you don't just stop and do something different. So I stopped and that's immediately when I just picked my head up, which is like scariest experience of my life. I had lots of tears about it later on. Um, when I was in the CT scan, um, at the hospital later, I kept thinking about it. And when I came back out, I said, Matt, I thought I was going to die. I really did think I was going to die. Um, and now like when I actually watched it, it was very therapeutic for me. So I'm really thankful that TWBC was there videoing it because, um, Watching it, I counted the seconds. It's really only six seconds that I had my head under the water, but it felt like an eternity that I was under there, and I felt like I was just gasping for air, and um, obviously there was no air under there, but I really, I remember, like, taking breaths and thinking, like, you can't take a breath right now. Like, you can't. (laughs) You need to get your face up. Anyway, so it was a very scary experience, Um, and then I the first person I saw when I actually did put my face up was Greg, um, this fund. And he, I was just so thankful for him because he was on the other side of the lake at two ball watching and taking photos over there. And he ended up being the first person to get to me, uh, when the boat, 
actually got to me. So had I not gotten my head out of the water, someone was going to be there for me, you know, to, to get me out. And the boat crew hopped in and, um, my eyeball was bleeding. So they were all kind of freaking out and panicking. And I just remember getting into the boat like super slowly because I was fine, just a little disoriented, obviously. Um, but I don't remember being in like a super amount of pain, but like my head was obviously ringing a little bit. Wow. But I got on the back of the boat slowly. We went back and then I remember going to the dock and I saw, I made eye contact with Dana Garcia and she had like this terrified look on her face. Wow. She, she was coming out to greet. And then I get to the dock and Matt is terrified too. And I'm like, why is everyone so worried? I'm fine. You know, like I just can't open my eye. Like I'm fine. <laughs> and, and then we got out of the boat and I got like checked out by the medical crew. Yeah. And the medical crew, I remember them asking me all the questions like, what day is it? Who's the president? Um, where are we? What are you doing? I answered all the questions. No problem. Yeah. And then we transferred up to a, a blanket where I just kind of held my baby and we like chilled out for a little bit. Cause I, my head was, and my eye was disorienting me. Like my, I, my eyeball being smashed, I felt like was just like throwing me for a loop. I felt super nauseous for a little while. Um, and I had really bad double vision if I opened my eye. And so I just kept it closed and I just chilled with Zane. Um, and Matt was like, we need to get you to the hospital. We need to get you to the hospital. So eventually we get to the hospital. They did the CT scan of my face, which uh, discovered that I had this orbital fracture. Um, they said there was no blood on the brain or anything like that. And no one said anything about a concussion. So I just assumed I had passed all the, the questions with the concussion and I thought I was good to go. Well, with the orbital fracture and having double vision, they sent me by ambulance to a different hospital to get checked by uh, a specialist thinking that I was probably going to need surgery that night on wow. my the orbit of my eye. Because if that double vision doesn't go away, you need to get surgery. Yeah. Um, thankfully, my vision came back within a couple of hours. I got discharged from the hospital. And I thought I was ready to ski two days later. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were anyway, but then what happened uh, after after the the opening pass in the finals? Yeah, so even the warm up, I was like, okay, that whole morning, Saturday morning, I was like, I can't not go. So I had to be at the lake, and I had to give myself the opportunity. I had to warm up and like go through. My head was not hurting, like literally. They wanted to give me pills when I got to the hospital. Like, you need a painkiller? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like, I just I just gave birth, you know. <laughs> it was 14 months ago or whatever. I And I wasn't on any painkillers for that. I'm fine. And so I really only had Advil the two days for the pain management. It was, like, very little pain. So I was like, I can ski. I'll just take an Advil and I'll go get ready because my body feels perfect. Um and my vision was a little bit weird because of, I, because of my eye. But I warmed up. I did all the things. And I, I did have a little bit of double vision still um, in my high gaze, which I still have. Because had I gotten the surgery, they said they could have possibly fixed that. But I didn't. Um, I decided not to get the surgery at all. So in normal gaze, um, I don't have double vision. 
And anyway, so I was just warming up and I was like, okay, I'll just like take my time. I said, I, and I really was thinking if the, if it gets to having to run 39, I'm not sure that I'll be able to win. And if I can't win, I don't think it's worth competing yeah. because like, I don't know what the, I hadn't really talked to a specialist about my eye. If I fell again, what are the repercussions? Like, does my freaking eye go into my brain? I don't know. Like I, I was thinking the most extreme thoughts about my eye. And I was just afraid for that. I got cleared from the chief judge. Um, I was not diagnosed with a concussion. Um, the eye, we weren't really sure, but the black eye was clearing up pretty quickly. And I just said to Matt, I was like, well, I can go try. And if I don't feel right, I'll just stop. So the first pass, I felt fine physically. And this and was I at 13 meters. 13 meters. I felt like I couldn't turn 135 properly. And I was like, I've been doing like really it's been easy, obviously, to run 32 off. I've been running 39 pretty much every set, you know. So I was like, okay, well, that was kind of weird that I couldn't turn my ski. And then at 32, at 35, um, well, actually, at the end of 32, we stopped in the water, and the boat crew was, like, looking at me like, are you okay? Do you want to keep going? And I was like, I'm fine. Um, I'll do another pass, and if I don't feel like I can run 38 and 39, I'm not going to shorten to them because it's not worth the risk to me. Yeah. But I said I'm, I want to keep going right now. So we come out in, around into the course again, and I still didn't turn one ball. And I was like, what the heck? Like, that is so weird that I can't turn today. Um, and then when I came into two ball, because I didn't turn one ball, uh, I was just a little bit narrow and this just like horrible thought went through my head. Like, what if I hit the ball and I smash my face and what happens, you know, yeah. and it only takes a split second when you're skiing to lose your focus. And that was it. And that's when I came inside of, I think, I, I don't know if I was even outside or of two ball or not, um, at 35. And then I think I was scored one and a half. Cause it would, cause, cause it would only take a minor hit at that, at that point to, to re to really exacerbate what you were going through, uh, at that time. Right. Possibly. But the crazy thing is, Tony, I felt fine. And the adrenaline of the weekend really was keeping me going, knowing that I was going to ski again. So, after that, like the next morning, I was felt like I got hit by a truck. Like I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't get out of bed. I had to get Matt to come get the baby. Like I couldn't move. I was completely destroyed. And to me, that's when my real, my real like recovery started was after the finals because I, my body wasn't allowing it to go into like healing mode. I was totally in adrenaline and in an adrenaline rush for two days. Wow. That's what I realized now. So um, a week later, I was going to go ski at the tournament at Fluid. And they didn't give me because they weren't going to give me my money back. So I was like, oh, <laughs> OK, I'll go. I took a week off or 10 days, something like that. And I was like, Matt, I'm going to ski because they're not going to give me my money back. I'll ski in that tournament and just get my money back. Well, the first time I tried to ski at our house, I could not turn one ball. I was like terrified to, to pull, to turn, to do anything. And I was like, okay, well maybe I'll just free ski a couple passes. So I free skied a couple passes. Then I tried to ski in the course, still nothing. So that was it. I was like, you know what? I'll just go in and try this another day. I'm not going to ski at the tournament this weekend. And when I went in is when I actually started feeling concussion symptoms. 
And I didn't realize what it was because I had been dealing with this eye and all of this weird stuff associated with my vision and my head, but I was attributing everything to my eye socket. And then it turns out I was saying like, whoa, I feel like I'm six feet tall right now. Like I'm floating. And Taryn was like, um, that could be a concussion. You should talk to our team doctor. Mm-hmm. So I did. And that's actually the day I got diagnosed with a concussion. Because nobody told me that a CT scan will always be clear with a concussion. You And somehow I was able to pat, like I didn't have any memory loss. I didn't have any loss of consciousness. I didn't have any uh, headaches, really. I didn't have any of the telltale symptoms that I had ever seen with anybody who I had like been around getting a concussion. And um, so thankfully, Taryn, my expert <laughs> in concussions, Okay. Was able to. Well, she's had a couple. In yeah. Day. Um, and she was able to help me figure out that that was actually a concussion. And I mean, it's not surprising that I what did have a concussion. But what was surprising to me is how long it took to figure it out that and to get diagnosed. Because in regular life, I didn't have anything weird. Um, and then since then, I've I I really have tried to stay on. Uh, this side of symptoms. That's what the doctor told me Mm. to do. So he said, if you get any of those weird visual effects, don't do whatever you just did. So it has taken um, about eight weeks to get back on the water and not have symptoms. And if I had to have like a crazy big day and I'm not even, I'm just free skiing right now. So Mm -hmm. I'm being very careful. Um, Being in the gym is totally fine. I can go pretty much as hard as I want in the gym, but on the water, I'm having to go super careful and not do much um, because it's not worth the risk of having another fall. Yeah. So um, that's where we're at right now. And um, that's two, just over two months out from the world. So um, it's a serious thing. And um, I never realized how serious a concussion is until you experience one. And I didn't also didn't realize how hard it is to diagnose. So, so, so what, so what you're basically saying, so the gist of, gist of what you're saying is, is that the, the original scan didn't, didn't register as a concussion, but, but subsequent more thorough testing later revealed that uh, a concussion had actually, had actually come into play uh, long, long after, long after the, uh, the diagnosis of the exploded eye socket type deal. Correct. So the eye socket was diagnosed with the CT scan, and I thought they were also testing my, checking my brain for blood on my brain or something like that for the concussion symptom or the concussion diagnosis. But a CT scan apparently does not show concussion, mm. um, and I don't know how they would diagnose this, di- di- ugh, diagnose it any other way than the way it was for me because um, I really had to ski in order to get the the symptoms because daily life was totally fine um and my eyeball was causing my eye socket was causing such weird symptoms for me that it was masking the concussion symptoms as well because of the visual side effects of the eye socket too it sounds like you need to be a study of a sports medicine class <laughs> going going down the line i guess i don't know some lessons yeah. to be, lessons to be learned there 
Yeah. But uh, the season was was more than just the world championships, of course. I mean, yeah. I mean, much of much of much of what you were doing uh, this past uh, this past season was a slow recovery from from having given birth to Zane and uh, yeah. and and all the stuff that took place afterwards, and that kind of culminated in the pro tournament in Charleston, where not one but two but three mm-hmm. but four people. Yeah. Include, including yourself, gone into 41 off in the final, which is yeah. remarkable and uh, really, really illustrates how women's slalom has come along in leaps and bounds in recent years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, starting the season, I was thinking, okay, the bounce back should be fine. Like, I'll be running 39 by May for the, for the Masters. Um, and then, you know, it'll just go from there. But it turns out that it was a uh, – it, it almost felt like that first year that I ever ran 39, it was just like every week me trying to push, 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 push to try and get through that pass. And I thought for sure I was going to do it at the U.S. Open, at the Nationals, and I I ended up winning that one. But it was like, oh, okay, well, okay, great, I won, but I didn't accomplish the goal of running 39 still. Um, so then when I finally did that at California, I can't remember if I got it if I ran it at Hilltop, I was trying to think of that last night, but, but then I started running it way more consistently, um, in California. And I was like, all right, this is good. Like, finally, I feel confident, you know, leading into the last couple tournaments and I was not going to go to Charleston and because one, it was my birthday weekend. And two, it was like 10 days before the world. And I'm like, Oh, my whole crew decided not to go to Charleston like everyone from our ski school was like, no, it's too soon, but we've got Paige doing overall. So it didn't really make sense for her to go um, not trick for the weekend. And then Taryn was like, yeah, it's a little weird there with the different boat and um, the setup there. So she wasn't going to go jump. And then we had Joel, same thing. Like everyone from our crew, like had a reason not to go. So I'm like, well, should I go? Should I not? And I just couldn't shake the feeling I had to go, uh, which I'm really happy I did now because I got to witness and be a part of the most epic women's slalom final. Um, And I had already been part of the last most epic women's slalom final at the U.S. Open down in Okihili, um, whatever year that was, um, where three of us ran 39 in the finals. Mm -hmm. So I and I was actually top seed in Charleston, too. So I got to watch. Jamie go run two and she was that three ball and I was like holy smokes this is so exciting so <laughs> she, she starts it off and then Manon runs it and then Regina runs it and I was like well game on cool this is really really exciting and when I got in the water I said to the boat crew I was like well there's no losers today right and then I thought like and then this thought went through my head oh but if you don't run it then you're the loser <laughs> So I was like, well, I got to run it too. Got to keep up with the Joneses. Yes. It was, I mean, just being part of that final was a huge honor. And to come out on the top of the podium with a tie with Jamie and then have to go out in the runoff. I mean, the whole thing was super exciting. And I can't say that I skied the best um, technically because I was fighting for my every turn in the final in the the, um, runoff. But actually the runoff was good for me because it was a reset but in the final I was kind of like fighting for every buoy and um and then the runoff I had been I was actually a little bit more confident going out with it was just Jamie and me and it being a tailwind actually 39 I felt confident that I was going to win at that point well 
Well, I mean, I mean, it was certainly one of one of the tournaments uh, for the ages. So, uh, so congrats to you on that and being part of that yeah. that deal. And you briefly mentioned Paige there for a moment uh, in in regards to skiing to the Malibu. Obviously, there's a tight knit group between you and Paige and Joel and 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 one or two, one or two others yeah. that are that are yeah. part, that are part of that group at Matt Rini's. But I would like to key in a little bit on your stepdaughter, Paige. And yeah. because that's a that is a real interesting dynamic to me because because obviously you come you come in you come into in into the situation, you know, uh you know, obviously marrying Matt and everything and having Zane and what have you. And normally whenever step stepmom comes in uh, comes into the equation, it's it doesn't present a, a a typically desirable situation, you know. I mean, in the in the typical family dynamic. But uh, what what is the dynamic between you and Paige? I mean, I mean, do, uh, kind of are you kind of like besties, training with each other, and all of that kind of stuff? I mean, I wouldn't say that we're besties, but she has a really really good relationship with Matt. She always has, and um, with Zane now she has an amazing relationship with Zane. So I come to the lake and Paige and Robert are there to hang out with Zane while I ski. And, um, I mean, I've been there watching her ski, cheering her on. Um, and from her, I mean, from my perspective, I'm able to like be a super huge supporter of Paige and I want her to do really well. There's been a couple of instances at international competitions, um, especially in like, a couple years ago at the Pan Am games where she actually got a trick medal that usually would have been mine had she not been there. But I mean, that's the way this sport works. I mean, you're not going to be on top forever. You're not going to be the best on your team forever. And the way it goes is the next generation is supposed to get better than you. So it's been a really good experience for me to watch her and see how well she's doing. Um, with tricking, she passed me right at the very end of my tricking career. So I felt really good about her coming up and kind of taking my place on the team uh, as far as tricking is concerned. Her jumping has taken leaps and bounds this year. So it's really cool to see her overall stepping up since I stepped down. I like the pun, overall. by the way. What did I say? You said in leaps and bounds. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Um and uh, with her slalom, I mean, she is a super strong um, slalomer as well, and she's just getting stronger. I think having Robert in her life is really good for her um, slaloming and her skiing in general. Just Robert has a really uh, like competitive attitude um, when it comes to skiing. So with Matt's technical expertise and with Robert, like his new input in her life um she's skiing really well and i'm really excited to see what the future brings for her so as far as i'm concerned i'm a huge page fan and um i can't wait to see the sky's the limit for her because she's super dedicated one of the most dedicated athletes i've ever met in water skiing she's always ready to ski way more times than anybody else at the ski school um and so she's she has pushed me too over the years like um before Malaysia that season, I really wanted to keep up with Paige, how many times she was skiing, because I knew she was getting better. And in order for me to win that world, I felt like I had to get better. So 
she's been awesome to have as a training buddy and um, she's going to continue to do great things in the sport. Of course, and that and and that that was obviously a contribute contributing factor to the fact that Paige scored the bronze medal in the world overall championship, and on top of all of that, uh, Canada winning through in the team competition for the second time in a row, which which must yeah. uh, uh, which must really delight you in 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 uh, in great leaps and bounds as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I fell. Um on in the prelims in slalom at least i had given a thousand points for the team that was my like at least i was supposed to be tricking at the world i don't know if you knew that but i was my yeah name was on the list i was supposed to be tricking the next day and um, i had been training um i was gonna do maybe eight thousand maybe eighty five hundred if i was lucky um so uh with me not being able to trick i was just praying that Dorian, Neely, and Paige all did their thing because I was that fourth like backup trick score for our mm-hmm. team, and they all killed it and did amazing. And I mean, the whole team just did so 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 well um, that we really couldn't have asked for much more uh, from the team. Paige got a personal best in jump. Dorian is just an amazing athlete. I mean, that kid is following in his father's footsteps and making the pants bigger <laughs> yeah i mean he was only like about two yeah. two and a half meters shy of actually gaining the world overall uh, championship himself yeah. you know so yeah he's amazing um he's gonna continue to lead this team for years and years and with Paige is strong overall um i mean she didn't even have her very best overall round um she really wanted to win the worlds and she just i mean her slalom came up way shorter than she wanted to at this world. And um, I think it's an awesome, huge first accomplishment to get her bronze medal at the Worlds, but I know that she wants to win one day. So, Absolutely, absolutely. And we sort of look forward to seeing her uh, produce. Now, obviously, family being very, very important to you, obviously, you have your husband, Matt, but but Zane this season is he, he's been an absolute re- revelation on, on the skiing scene, his happy-go is happy go lucky attitude but the one photo that i saw this season was him resting resting on your chest while you were trying to recover from that and i think that was probably probably one of the most telling photos that i saw this season um after my crash you said yeah at the world i say i haven't seen a photo of it but i um as soon as I came in, I hadn't seen him in a couple hours because I was he was napping and I was getting ready to ski. And then our normal routine is lots of breastfeeding and nursing. And so when with me going to the hospital, I um, I knew it was important for him to get his milk and for me to just chill for a little bit. So that's what we did after I was done skiing. And um, my mother-in-law actually said, she's like, Whitney, you are a champion. Like, this is what you're doing, you know. I don't know. To me, being a mom is 10 times more important than any, any world championships now. You're making me cry. I I don't know. I don't know about you, but you're making me cry. I've had a lot of um, great success this season. And I had a lot of times where I came in super frustrated, like at the masters, I was super frustrated, but I come off the water and he's always there and he's always smiling and he's always ready to love me. So um, yeah, 
I mean, he's amazing. He's just like, he lights up the room everywhere he goes. Everyone loves Zane. <laughs> so um, I'm just super blessed to be his mama. All righty then. I think uh, I think we're pretty much uh, done with done with the uh, with the interview. It's uh, it went on a little bit longer than anticipated yeah. for, but I mean we had a lot to a uh, lot of ground uh, to cover, and obviously I'm gonna whenever whenever we shut down the interview, there's probably going to be one or two questions. I wish I wish I would have uh, asked her that, but we'll probably have some time to recap uh, to to catch up in the in the next yeah. season. Uh, speaking to that. Uh, I mean, you've got you you you're trying to get back in into uh, into slalom shape and everything, you know, just trying to get everything going going on there. But is there anything else you got going on uh, as you get prepared for 2022? Nope. I mean, just working out at New Dimensions. I love it there. They help me to feel good and get stronger. So that's what I'm doing this winter, focusing on that and um, continue hanging out with Zane. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, then we'll wrap it up around about here. Thank you very much for taking the time out. Uh, is there anything you want to say to cap off the interview by way of thanks, acknowledgements, all that kind of stuff uh, to your to uh, your family, friends, and uh, and fans uh, that are not only across the United States and Canada but also across the world? Yeah, for sure, all of those things. Um, I mean, my immediate family is super supportive of me. Obviously, my extended family sends me notes um, when I compete and they're watching on TWBC has made it super easy for everybody to watch um, the pro events this season. So that's awesome. Um, my sponsors, Nautique, Radar, um, ASEA, Redox Molecules, they actually helped me recover quite a, quite well. Um, and... Uh, performance scheme surf is always there for me too. So, I mean, I have a, an amazing group of people who support me and water skiing is not something that you can do alone. So I need all the family support, all the fans reaching out and really, um, my fans encourage me when I post stuff on Facebook and Instagram and I really like post from my heart. Um, it's revolutionary sometimes when people respond and like kind of help me get through these hard times. So Anyway, I just appreciate everybody. I appreciate you, Tony, and your dedication to our sport and helping it be as good as it can be and showing it off to the world. Oh, shucks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, yeah. uh, that, well, that was uh, Whitney mcclintock Greeny. My name's Tony Lightfoot. Uh, that uh, brings to a conclusion this episode of the TWBC podcast. And so until next time, it is ciao for now. Website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcasts.